Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Jason Vanderveer with you here on Friday afternoon, Calvary Live. So glad you decided to tune in and to join us. Welcome uh, to all of you listening on Grace FM, Colorado and Wyoming, and of course our Truth FM listeners in the South, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Tennessee, and of course uh, in the Northeast, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Welcome to all of you. It was great this last week, uh, last Sunday actually. We had some visitors, listeners uh, from uh, Hope FM uh, and New Holland, Pennsylvania, who listened to the show and listened to Hope FM back there. So it was great to meet them as they were traveling out here to Colorado. And uh, I want to give a shout out there to uh, to the rest of their church family, Refuge Calvary Chapel in New Holland, Pennsylvania. Welcome uh, to all of you listening. Uh, of course, uh, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, as I mentioned. I'm Jason Vanderveer, the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can get more information about our fellowship, including service times at Calvary Chapel Parker. Dot com. That's calvarychapelparker.com. Next opportunity to join us Sunday. We'll be continuing in the book of Job 9 or 1045. Again, calvarychapelparker.com for directions and a reminder of those service times. We'll be picking up in the 15th chapter of the book of Job and uh, going through chapter 21 there. And we will, of course, get into that one of the most famous, really, quotes in all of the Bible and certainly in the book of Job where Job declares, my Redeemer lives. We've already seen uh, in Job how Job uh, understood the resurrection in chapter 14. And we'll talk uh, about his understanding of the Savior and the end times and, and a little bit even more about uh, uh, the last things and, and uh, the resurrection of man in uh, chapter uh, chapters 15 through 21. That's, uh, of course, at the end of chapter 19 there where Job talks about that. But it's going to be exciting. I- I'm really looking forward to it. We've had an amazing study uh, already in the book of Job, and so you can join us Sunday. If you'd want to join us during the week as well, or uh, if you're only able to join us midweek, uh, you can come on out Wednesday nights. We're in the book of Second Kings. You can pick up all of our recent studies as well online, calvarychapelparker.com, video and audio there of recent messages. We just went through Second Kings chapters 1 and 2 this last week. Uh, of course, the transition from Elijah to Elisha there in that passage, and uh, so you'll want to catch up on those as well. Lord's just been doing some neat things, and love to have you join us and if you're not in the area take advantage of some of the free resources we have online but take advantage of this program here calvary live 303-690-3000 you can call and uh, let's go to the phones denver adam in denver welcome adam uh, to the program hi pastor how are you i'm doing really well how are you great man ready for the weekend (laughs) Uh, friday always feels good yes absolutely yeah yeah what's on your mind 
Um, so this has been um, a parable that's always been intriguing to me, um, especially with just the times that we're in. But it's in regards to the ten virgins, how five were wise and five were foolish. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just curious on what you thought the oil represented. Yeah, so we get into uh, Matthew chapter 25. Let me go ahead and kind of get myself over there. Uh, but uh, uh, the parable uh, of the virgins in the first part, if memory serves me correctly, of Matthew chapter 25. And uh, let me find, let me kind of scroll down to that section where he's talking about uh, those who took no oil with them in verse 3. And that's your question, what is the significance of the oil, right? Did we lose you, Adam? Adam, if you're there. We we may have lost Adam, but... Uh, oh, Adam, are you there? Okay, we got you. I thought we, I thought we, I thought we, we lost you for a second. So, so in verse three, he talks about Matthew chapter twenty-five, verse three. He talks about the the foolish uh, virgins who took no oil with them. The wise had oil in their vessels. In verse four, that and your your question specifically is the significance of the oil, right? Yes. Like I was just curious, like if it represented like the Holy Spirit in any way, or. Yeah, that that's exactly what what I believe the oil represents. Um, it's a picture of of the Holy Spirit. It's it, you know the Holy Spirit is the essential ingredient um, in the life of the believer. Um, you know, you as we look at this, you you can't fake the Holy Spirit. You either have the Holy Spirit or you don't, as we see in places like Romans chapter eight verse nine. And the Holy Spirit, of course, indwells every believer when they place their faith in Christ. Uh, uh, Paul talks about that in Ephesians chapter one, and so you know, this brings up the question: how how do you know if you're you're ready? Well, you've got oil in your lamp. You have the Spirit living and working in you. You have that that oil uh, in, in the lamp is the fuel, and of course, in the life of the believer is the Holy Spirit. And there's no fuel, there's no light, uh, and so you know, you're basically without the Spirit. You're in theory a lamp with with no light. So absolutely the symbolism there uh, is of those uh, who have the Holy Spirit, um, who have salvation and thus the Holy Spirit uh, living in them and empowering them. Did we, Adam, are you there? Yeah, sorry, okay. my phone's been kind of breaking uh, up a little bit today. <laughs> well, at least we didn't, at least we're not losing you. Were, were you able to hear that? I was, I was. Okay. Okay, good. So, so does that answer your question, or or was there was there more to it than that that that, that you were curious about? No, that was pretty much it. Um, I've always kind of had that in the back of my mind that it was in regards to the Holy Spirit, yep. but I just wanted to just double check with somebody. Yeah, no, you're definitely on the right track. And and when we see oil, you know, so oil kind of comes up in in several places in the Scripture, and and typically. Um, I can't think of a case when it isn't, when there is a type associated with it, when it isn't the Holy Spirit. For example, in the Old Testament, too, we see, you know, the the high priests, uh, well, all of the priests, but especially the high priests anointing with oil. And the scripture uh, speaks poetically of of the oil running down the beard of Aaron, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's a, a picture of the Holy Spirit. They're they're anointed uh, with the, with the Holy Spirit. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, so throughout the scripture we see oil and typically it's, it's a safe assumption that when you do see oil, uh, that, that you're probably dealing with a type of the spirit in, in whichever passage that you're looking at. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate it. You bet. Appreciate you calling Adam. God bless you. Take care.
Likewise, Pastor. Thank you. You bet. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Loretta in Colorado Springs. Loretta, welcome to the program. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you bet. What's on your mind? Um, I've always been curious about the scripture that says, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and all, you know, it goes mind, heart, and soul, and all your strength. Yep. And I'm wondering, what does all look like in the world? I mean, there's times that I can, in that moment, I can love God totally, but there's other times I'm, I know I hold back, and yet I hear so many Christians say that they give him, give him their all. What does that look like in the world? Yeah, well, of course, we're talking about, um, you know, Jesus is, is the one that says that. It's in Matthew, Mark, uh, and the Gospel of Luke. We see, uh, see Jesus saying that, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, uh, with all your mind. Uh, and then Luke, or excuse me, um, Mark adds, and with all your strength. Uh, we have that, uh, that additional um, you know, uh, aspect or piece. And, and so, you know, that is the ideal. Uh, and of course, I think all of us would admit, uh, if we're honest, that, that we don't always measure up to that ideal. Um, so while it is our desire, it is our goal, uh, our aim to love the Lord, uh, our God with, with our all, with everything that is, uh, within us, uh, and everything that we are physically, if we, consider our physical strength. Um, while that is our goal and direction, we've got to admit that sometimes we get distracted. Uh, sometimes we, we, we find ourselves uh, all of a sudden going in a different direction that isn't all, right? So, so that's the goal. But, uh, but all, I think to answer your question, what it looks like is, it, it, you know, is, is simply exactly what it is. Uh, everything, you know, our, our thoughts, uh, you know, and I, I like to make things practical, and, and I don't know that this is going to be, you know, an end-all to the discussion, but I, I, I like to look at things practically, you know. So so when I'm talking about all, uh, I just start taking practical aspects of my life and saying, you know, looking at those and saying, you know, are those all in for Jesus? So, you know, my calendar, uh, my possessions, my time, my money and my resources, uh, you know, are those things completely devoted to the Lord? And to the extent that they're not, uh, you know, uh, many times I have to make adjustments as I, as I take that inventory, that assessment. Do I have you, Loretta? Are you there? Well, looks like we dropped Loretta, unfortunately. So, uh, hopefully that, uh, you know, hopefully that answers your question. Hopefully, Loretta, you were able to hear that. Um, if not, you're always welcome to call us back and, and we can revisit it. But uh, hopefully that makes a little bit of sense to you. You know, all means all. And the best way to do that is not evaluate it in intangible ways, but to look tangibly at, at those areas of your life that you can identify uh, and, and just evaluate, you know, are those things all in for the Lord? In other words, you know, when it comes to just say our schedule, you know, is, is God first, and does he get the best, and, and is he getting all that I have available to give to him? You know, or am I just giving him a piece? Uh, and so our desire is to, to give him every part of us. Um, it's our reasonable service, what we can do. Jason Vandiver here with you on Calvary Live, 303-690-3000. Great start to the program with Adam and Loretta. Let's go to Daniel in Colorado Springs as well. Daniel, 
Welcome to the program. Oh, Pastor, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, just so, all right. Okay, what what can I help help you with that'll make it better than all right? <laughs> well, my wife, my wife and I have been down here in the Springs for about two years. We've been going to church, and we really like it. But uh-huh. it's a smaller church. There's only Sunday service. Right. And with my new job, I can't make a Sunday service. Okay. So I'm looking for more like what's the biblical, what's the proper way about going and finding another church? Because we've always had trouble with that finding a church. So how do we... We're trying yeah. to find someone's got a Wednesday or a Saturday service or something I can actually make. Yeah. So, where, what part of the springs are you in? Just out of curiosity, where north, south, east, west? I'm way down in the south, practically security wide field area. Okay. So, so um, I'm going to give you a few uh, at the end of this. I'll give you a few recommendations of churches that I know down there, the pastors that I know, um, places that you might consider going. But let's talk broader picture in terms of, you know, choosing a church. Um, you know, my my way of choosing a church is not based on, you know, a lot of people, typically the way a lot of people choose a church, one, they choose what is either most convenient, i.e. on the corner, you know, down the street from the house. Not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but that wouldn't be my way of choosing a church. Or they choose what they grew up with. You know, if you grew up Baptist, then you show up at a Baptist church. If you grew up, you know, Presbyterian, then you're going to go to a Presbyterian church. Again, not necessarily, you know, the best way to choose a church. You know, when I choose a church, I'm looking for a church first and foremost that teaches the Bible. You know that is going to preach and and teach uh, the word of God, and so uh, you know that 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 would be my recommendation when you are evaluating whether it's online or in person or on the radio, maybe by listening to a radio program of some church. You know, are they teaching systematically through the word of God? Paul said, "I haven't shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God," and and really size to me is 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 somewhat irrelevant you know it can be a big church it can be a small church really i want to be where god has called me to be and and the first thing is is how i'm going to be fed and my family is going to be fed and and where god is calling me to serve and then the worship and you know the name on the building and the other things you know the style of church government and other things uh, become somewhat you know less important though you know those are those can be factors as well now you know, and then obviously you've just got to pray. You know, Lord, where where do you have me to go? Where can I not not where can I receive the most, but where can you use me the best and and to the greatest degree? And and a lot of times that means going maybe to a smaller church. Um, a lot of people would gravitate toward the larger church and, and say, well, it's got all of this these programs for me. I would suggest maybe gravitating toward the smaller church, looking at it as where you will potentially have the greatest opportunity to give uh, and to serve. That's not to say that there aren't going to be opportunities to do that in a larger church as well. That said, uh, I do know of a couple churches uh, down your way, a couple, one that is probably a medium-sized church, a couple that are probably larger churches uh, that, that you could consider. One is uh, a Calvary East Side, which is uh, toward the south and east of of uh, Colorado Springs, Pastor Jim Etheridge. Uh, then you have uh, Rocky Mountain Calvary, uh, which is off of Academy uh, in Colorado Springs. Great 
church, Pastor Eric Cartier. I know they, I'm pretty sure they have Saturday night. I know all of these churches will have midweek services. Uh, then there is Calvary Worship Center, which is more over toward Garden of the Gods area. Uh, so like west side of town. And that's Pastor Al Pittman. And uh, all of these churches, um, all of these pastors are, you know, all of the, these congregations are really great people. And, and the Lord is doing great works there. And I know are going to have something that will, will uh, you know, with your work schedule, you'll still be able to go into fellowship. Okay? Okay. So uh, one more time, Rocky Mountain Calvary, Calvary Worship Center, and Calvary Eastside. Um, you can find them all, Google uh, online, you know, you can find them or, you know, get their phone numbers, get their web addresses. I think, uh, I know Calvary Worship Center, Pastor uh, Al Pittman and Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary both have programs on this station um, on Grace FM as well. So you can... Yeah, I hear them pretty regularly. Yeah, they're okay. both... They're both, I mean, I, I can't even begin to tell you all three of those guys and Pastor Jim Etheridge. Uh, I've known all three of them, uh, some, you know, a couple of them better than others, but I, I've known them for decades, a couple of decades uh, easily. And they're just faithful and, and great fellowships and have, had a chance to, to uh, visit some of those churches and, and great people. So, um you know, check it out and uh, and see if that doesn't uh, if if one of those churches isn't uh, a good fit for you. Okay. Okay. Hey, I listen, thank I, you very much. Yeah, you bet. I appreciate you calling, Daniel. God bless you. Bless you too. Take care. Calvary Live, uh, Jason Vanderveer with you here this afternoon. In case you just tuned in, you wonder, what am I listening to? Well, that's what it is, and it's uh, for you if you want to join us on the program. Three zero three six. Nine zero three thousand is the number to call, no matter where you're at. Let's go to Chris, also uh, in Colorado Springs. We've got all our Colorado Springs listeners are uh, up and awake and have their phones in hand, and we're thankful for that. Uh, let's go to Chris. Welcome to the program. Hey, Chris, can you hear me? Chris dropped. We lost Chris, unfortunately. So uh, we've got some some open lines. Looks like Chris had a question about Genesis chapter one, uh, and uh, he's wondering if there's different orders and sequences. Um, there aren't different orders and sequences. What you have in Genesis chapter one, you don't have two different accounts in in one and two. You have a summary account, and then you have a detailed account. So. Uh, if you look at uh, at the early chapters of Genesis, uh, chapters one and two, uh, that's what you have. So a lot of people uh, find that uh, that that is a a little bit confusing, or you'll even see people say things incorrectly that are confusing uh, in 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 that uh, uh, order as well. It looks like Chris also had a question regarding uh, the Lord creates man, male and female. And then he creates Eve from Adam's rib. Uh, I, I assume that in relationship to his other question as well, Chris's other question as well, he's wondering if there's some sort of you know different account. Of course, creating men, male and female, 
uh, and creating woman from Adam's rib, God still created them both. Uh, God still created them in the order that he created them, creating man, uh, and then ultimately creating woman as a helpmate uh, for man, seeing that it wasn't good for man to be alone. So he created them male and female. As I said, you get a summary account, uh, but then you get the the details of that account subsequently. Uh, so you don't have two different accounts or two contradicting uh, things going on. So I hope that helps you out, uh, Chris, with the uh, with the the question of creation there in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. You can go to our website, calvarychapelparker.com, if you want a detailed verse-by-verse teaching uh, through the book of Genesis, any book of the Bible for that matter, for free. Uh, you can stream them, download them, video, audio, calvarychapelparker.com, including Genesis chapters 1 and 2. So I would recommend that you go there. We have several hours uh, of uh, teaching just uh, on those passages for you. 303-690-3000, Calvary Live and Jason Vandeveer with you. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, calvarychapelparker.com is our web address for more information. Let's go to Michelle, uh, listening on Hope FM in Maryland. Michelle, welcome to the program. Hello, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm well. I'm blessed. Thanks for asking. You bet. Thanks for joining okay. us. Yes. What is your name again? Um, My name is Jason. Uh, Jason, I, yeah. I just tuned in because I just came in the house. No problem. Uh, um, the scripture I need to know, want to know, what does it mean in scripture in God's word? The children lay up for the parents and the parents lay up for the children. What scripture is that? Yeah, let me children. see. If, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And uh, he says that he says that the it says that the the. Uh, the children don't lay up for their parents, but oh, the, oh, don't the, lay up. Okay. yeah, but Thank the parents you. lay up for their children, and I'm going to have to uh, uh, track it down for you. Uh, but yes, the idea, you. the idea is that um, the idea is basically this: that that parents aren't expecting, you know, their their uh, children to to lay up for them. That is to provide for them. Uh, or to yes. bless them, but the idea is is that the older generation is always laying the foundation uh, of blessing for the younger yeah. generation. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I I look at it this way. You know, uh, each generation, and, and most of the time, well, at least amongst believers, most of the time you see it this way: that that you're you're laying up for the next generation. In other words, you're trying to make it better for your children, better for your grandchildren. And I don't just just mean physically or or financially uh, but spiritually okay. you're, you're trying to set up the, the next generation better uh, the be one of the best examples I can think of this is David and okay. and you know David was setting Solomon up for success and and so Solomon's generation and, and, and Solomon himself there was so much more grandeur to the kingdom and to the reign of Solomon than to David. Solomon built the temple. David couldn't, but David set aside all of the, uh, or much uh, of the resources needed for Solomon to build the temple. David set Solomon up and, 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 and really did the house cleaning uh, for, for the kingdom, did all of the, the heavy lifting and, and the fighting uh, to set yes, his son yes. up and to set the nation up to reign. So, so that's a great example of, of laying up for your children and the parents laying up for the children uh, and not vice versa. And I'll, I'll have to do, you do a little search here when I get a chance because when I did my search, I, I, uh, it didn't immediately come up. And uh, yeah. it looks like uh, 
Second Corinthians. He says, uh, "The children ought not lay up for the parents, but the parents for the okay. children." Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse okay. fourteen, where where oh, yes. where Paul says that the children ought not lay up for the parents, but the parents uh, for the children. So, uh, great yes. advice from the scripture. You know, I'm I'm seeking not to take something from my children, but to give everything possibly that I can to yes, to that to yes. that next generation. So this is what I, I thank you for explaining it to me. I have a better def, uh, understanding. Yeah. I have fraternal twin children, young adults. Oh, great. I have, I have twins as twin. well. Yeah. And my daughter's name is Martia, and my okay. son's name is Byron. Martia and, and Byron, Byron has three children and another oh. little baby that turned two years old. And he just has a lot of things hindering him. Mm -hmm. He just started working in Baltimore City and uh, Baltimore Gas and Electric. And then okay. he wants to go back to contracting work. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he's around people that's hindering him or he's mm -hmm. living in a city where it's a man that stays down there, a young man that stays around him that cause a lot of drama to them and mm -hmm. cause them to have car accidents and a lot of drama. And he don't supposed to be there. And I, I'm just praying that God can help them, you know, come to the belief of Jesus Christ because they believe in the Jehovah Witness type of stuff. Okay, gotcha. Well, you know, Michelle, one of the greatest ways that, that parents can lay up for their children is by praying for them. And so how about we pray for Martia and Byron and for your grandchildren? Yes, that's what I need prayer for. Let's Byron. do it. Father, I just uh, thank you so much uh, for Michelle. I thank you for her heart. Her, her, she clearly loves you, and she just wants her children and grandchildren to love you. So uh, we do pray. If they don't know you, it sounds like maybe they don't. Lord, we pray for their salvation. Uh, Lord, we pray that whatever it takes, Lord, that you would send people their way, circumstances their way, uh, jobs, uh, neighborhoods to live in, neighbors, whatever, churches that they would they would go into, they would hear the word of God and have an opportunity to receive or some other way radio. We pray that you would draw them to yourself and these grandchildren, that you draw them uh, to yourself, Lord, that you would work and that you would just continue to inspire uh, Michelle, Lord, to, to lay up for her children or grandchildren, especially uh, in the best way that we can in prayer. And we give you these people, we give you these things uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank God. you so much for praying with me. Thank yeah, you, you bet. And, uh, you thank know, you when you get time, give us a call back. Give us an update. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a blessed weekend. Thank you, you as well. Take care. I will. I will. Thank you. You're listening to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer with you. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Janelle in Colorado Springs. Janelle, welcome to the program. Hi there. Um, yeah. How are you? Boy, I'm Well, I'm blessed, but I'm sure glad I got on today. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit back in 1976. Okay. And I, it was in a very quiet, undramatic, uneventful way, and, but I knew it was real. Mm -hmm. And, um, but as I go along in my day-to-day -day life, I look at certain people who just are so dynamic in their witness or joyful in their experience or they can pray for people just mm -hmm. at the drop of a hat well let's pray and then they yeah. just yeah. start praying okay yeah and that's admirable for sure yeah and and i'm not 
I don't seem to be any of those types of people, and I don't want it for my own glory. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't care if I walked in a grocery store and somebody was healed without even knowing how they got healed. <laughs> I don't. I'm not looking for any glory for me. I'm just tired of not feeling the the power or the oom sure. for. I don't yeah. know what word to use, but I want. I want my spirit baptism to work for me. Yeah. I feel like a rocket with no fuel. Right. Well, let's do this. We're going to, and I don't want to uh, short this conversation. Uh, unfortunately, we've got to take a short break. So if you can do me a favor, we'll talk. I want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The, I want to differentiate that a little bit from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then we'll, I want to talk about what we see in the book of Acts in regard to particularly the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then how that relates uh, to your situation, to to my situation. So do me a favor, stick with me, Janelle, and uh, we're going to pick this up on the other side of the break uh, in a couple of minutes here. Folks, you're listening to Calvary Live with Jason Vandiver. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. If you're holding on, Aaron and Aurora, we're going to get to you. Of course, we're going to get back to Janelle uh, right after the break here. Uh, But uh, we're going to have a great uh, another half of the program right after this. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And we're back. Jason Vanderveer here with you, pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, here on Calvary Live. You can get information about our fellowship, calvarychapelparker.com. Before we went to that break, we were talking with Janelle about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Janelle, um, you know, it's interesting to me that you describe, you know, being uh, baptized with the Holy Spirit, but also describing a a future need. And I want to talk a little bit why that is and and what we do about it. First of all, to differentiate for other listeners, there is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and there is the empowering of the Holy Spirit. They may be simultaneous. They they may be separate. Some people refer to the empowering of the Holy Spirit as the baptism uh, of the Holy Spirit, and that is perfectly justified scripturally speaking. But uh, what we're talking about is when a believer places their faith or trust in Jesus Christ, they're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Uh, but there is a separate and sometimes subsequent coming upon of the Holy Spirit or filling uh, of the Holy Spirit that leads to an empowering for life and an empowering for ministry. We see this in, in the book of Acts. Jesus uh, told the disciples that uh, that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit uh, had come upon them, and we see that's exactly what takes place then subsequently in the second chapter of Acts uh, at the time of Pentecost and then going forward. So Janelle, what I, I liken the filling of the Holy Spirit as as not necessarily a one-time event, um, because when you look in the book of Acts, you see that that throughout the book of Acts, you see several times P- 
people like Peter, people like Paul, and it says specifically that they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then the Lord used them in some way. They, they spoke with, with boldness, or they preached, or the Lord used them to work uh, in some powerful way. And, and, and you know, I, I kind of treat it like a, a little bit uh, uh, like a like a vehicle, you know that that needs fuel, and and the tank uh, drains uh, of that fuel sometimes, and we need to be refreshed, we need to be uh, refilled, we need to be reinvigorated and and reempowered. And so it's not as though the Holy Spirit leaves us; we're still indwelt by the Holy Spirit, uh, but but oftentimes we need a fresh empowering of the Holy Spirit. And and you know when we day to day commune with the Lord, and specifically when we recognize a need uh, and we ask for the Holy Spirit, uh, the Lord tells us uh, that the Father will, will give uh, the Spirit to those who ask. And when Jesus talked about that in Luke chapter 11, um, you don't have to ask to be given the Holy Spirit when, you're, when you believe you're, you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But he was talking about the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And he said, if, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, Luke eleven thirteen will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I would suggest to you that, that as a regular part of our communion with God, uh, that we ask for him regularly to refresh us by his spirit and to empower us by his spirit and if we haven't done so in a while or particularly if we feel as though we're we're a bit dry um, then to just ask and have the confidence that our heavenly father will give the holy spirit to those who ask him awesome that gives me yeah do you want to uh, why don't we pray for that right now i think uh yes. i think uh, you and i we could probably both use that <laughs> I, I sure do. I know I could. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Janelle, and I thank you for her sensitivity to, 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 to you and, and wanting what you want. And so, Lord, I just pray that, uh, that you would just come upon her even now. Uh, Lord, not for, for glory, not for ourselves, uh, not for any other reason than, than your name and your glory. And so, Lord, we just pray for a fresh uh, coming upon, empowering of of your spirit in the life of Janelle to to do all that you've called her to do, and uh, and to have that joy and and that boldness and that purpose uh, in ministry. And Lord, we pray for all of our listeners. I pray for myself, Lord. Uh, we just need to be refreshed and reinvigorated uh, by your spirit that we might uh, glorify you. And so, Lord, we we just lift this up to you now, with confidence, knowing that. We're praying according to your will because it's what you say in your word that you desire to do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. You bet. And I appreciate you calling. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the subject of your question very much. God bless you. God bless you, Janelle. Take care. 303-690-3000 is the number to call if you want to join us on Calvary Live. Let's go to Aaron in Aurora, who has been very patient. Aaron, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. I appreciate your taking my, my call. Yeah, what's on your mind? So I just have a question. Uh, a gentleman called a little bit earlier, you know, asked about, you know, the right kind, right kind of church and how to leave a church or go to church or whatever. Yep. But um, yeah, kind of yeah. got me thinking about the situation that I find my family and I in. And, um, you know, we've been in a church for about a year now. 
okay. we really like the church in terms of you know we're serving there we're 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 involved uh you know with different ministries and but the 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 issue that we find is we don't we don't feel at home there and we don't feel that we fit in culturally okay and so we're struggling as to what to do yeah. you know there's a part of us that wants to find a church that we would feel that we do fit in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in all those ways I just mentioned. Yeah. And there's a part of us that doesn't want to leave where we're at because, you know, we, one, we, we just, you know, we love the people that are there, and, and mm-hmm. you know, we've been there for about a year. We yeah. Just, so we're not real sure what to do and how to approach this. Yeah, well, so he, here's the thing. Um, a church can be perfectly fine. It just may not necessarily be for you. And and I'm not declaring that to be the case or to know that, but 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 you know uh, there can be perfectly good churches that it's just God hasn't called us to be a part of that church, and and that's that's no commentary on you as an individual, and it's no commentary on that church. It's just simply saying that God has a specific place for you and your family. So it could be what you're feeling is simply the stirring of the Holy Spirit that, hey, it's time to pray and 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 to begin seeking where exactly God has for you. Because as I was mentioning to, to, to the previous caller, I, I believe it was Daniel, uh, that, um, you know, that there is something specific that God, not just where he wants you to go, but something specific that he would desire to do through you in that fellowship. And as long as you're not there, it's not happening, right? It's not being done. And so, so that's why it's of utmost and vital importance that, that in God's timing, you know, you find that place. So I would just encourage you to commit it to prayer, commit it even to fasting and, and, and maybe take, uh, you know, a day to, uh, or, or more days, uh, at, at subsequent intervals, uh, to just with, uh, with your wife or anybody else involved. I don't know if you have children or older children, um, that, that could be a part of that as well, but, but just to pray, uh, with those involved as far as, you know, where the Lord would have you to go and, and to, and, and, to help you find that place that he would have you to go and and if for some reason he wouldn't have you to go that that he would help you with these feelings and these and, and these thoughts that you're having um you know that it, if it's really to stay where you're at then then the lord would would help you with that as well um but if it is you know something that the lord has somewhere else for you um the best thing that you can do is pray and 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 then begin exploring you know where the lord might have you to go you know where um uh, based on where you live, you know, begin to to research what's the, that's the beauty of the internet now is is that you know you can you can really do this much much more quickly and and efficiently and even effectively uh, by you know listening to messages online through certain churches, getting a feel for for the church, and then and then you know obviously ultimately you've got to visit and and check it out and see if it's a good fit for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but I think. The most important thing, prayer, and 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 perhaps even taking some time to to fast and to pray, and and just see what the Lord uh, what the Lord tells you, and also for the Lord to be preparing your heart as to your gifts and 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 to what you know He might do through you. How you, you know because so the church is for you, but you're also for the well. The church is you. You you know you yeah. see what I'm saying? Like so so, and the church needs you, uh, and yeah. needs the gifts that you have. Um, to be complete, and so there's somewhere that's incomplete that needs you and needs the gifts that you have, um, in order to be fully effective. 
So it's just praying about those gifts, praying about that place, and, and, and asking the Lord to guide you there, and he will. I believe that. Yeah, he will. Let's pray, Aaron. All Father, right. I lift up Aaron to you. I pray for wisdom for, for he and his family, Lord, for direction. I, if it's to stay put, Lord, that you would settle his heart in that regard. If it is to move forward, Lord, that you would use that in a peaceable way. Uh, Lord, I pray that, that uh, if there is a, a, another fellowship you have for him, that you would direct him uh, to that fellowship. Lord, that you would show him exactly how you would desire to use him and his gifts and his family uh, in that fellowship, and, and that you would accomplish all of this in your timing. Uh, Lord, and, and we just pray for a peace about it and for a joy uh, about it, for if it is your will, for an excitement and an anticipation about it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, amen. Thank yeah. you, Pastor. Appreciate it. Absolutely appreciate you, Aaron. God bless you. God bless you. Let's go to Caroline in Tennessee. Cal- Caroline, welcome uh, to Calvary Live. Thank you. Yeah, what's on your mind? Um, I just asked God into my life, and uh, I need Lord. prayer, and I've had a lot of pain, and I've been abusing pain pills, mm-hmm. and I just don't want to go down that road no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to be a lot for other people and child and try to help and serve the Lord. Well, let me just say, first of all, praise the Lord. I'm so, so grateful, so thankful to hear uh, that, that you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And not only does Christ save us, uh, but he, he delivers us in this life. And I believe that the Lord wants to do that and is going to do that uh, in your life. So I want to pray for that. And then also I, I want to uh, to um, give you some some a little bit of direction too that 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 will help you. Okay, first let's pray. Father, we I thank you for Caroline. I just uh, thank you that she she's placed her faith and her trust in you that you have saved her, uh, that she will be with you and spend an eternity with you. Lord, I just pray that you would just be with her now and and and, and be the lifter of her head. I pray that the joy of the Lord would be her strength and, and, and her hope. And, Lord, I just pray that you, you would deliver her uh, from, from addiction and, 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 and other things that have weighed her down, paths that the enemy has, has used to try and destroy her and to try and destroy others. Lord, I pray uh, that she would truly be set free because you say in your word, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And, Lord, you have set her free. Uh, to to good works in you that she was created uh, for before in Christ Jesus. And so we, we pray that you would bring all of those out by the power of your spirit in her life that, that resides in her to transform her and, 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 and change her and, and mold her into the image of Christ. And so, Lord, we long to, to see that as she longs to see that. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, my, my first question for you, Caroline, is, is do you do you have a church home uh, there in Tennessee uh, where you're at? I'm not been going nowhere. Okay, that the first and for the the most important thing right now for you is to is to be plugged into a a, a local church, and uh, what we can do is if you can hang on, uh, we will uh, we'll get somebody um, for you offline. Uh, uh, that can look up uh, some uh, churches for you near where you are. So you'll be able to, they'll be able to show you um, 
you know, how to find a church uh, and uh, online if you have access online, uh, or they can help you find a church. So, so after you and I get done talking, just stay on the line. And uh, we can help you do some research or do some research for you to try and hunt down, you know, a fellowship uh, for you. One of our producers will do that for you after we get done talking. Because the most important thing is to get you plugged into a local church where people can come around you and encourage you and and day to day just pray for you and answer questions that you have and help you with anything that you need. Um, that would be my, my, my first recommendation, just so that you can be in the Word of God. Because Paul tells us in Ephesians 5 that we're washed in the water of the Word. And, and you and I, in our lives, we, we live in, in a messy world and we constantly need the washing of the water of the Word of God uh, to, to just cleanse us from these things. And so you desperately need that lifeline uh, of the church and how God works through the church. So we're going to get you plugged in there. The second thing that I would recommend is if the church that you go to or another one has this in your area, you can Google it. It's called the the Most Excellent Way, and it's a it's an addiction recovery uh, program that is offered throughout the country through churches. Uh, and we can try to track down both a, a fellowship for you and perhaps um, a chapter of the Most Excellent Way ministry that you could get plugged into as well, uh, which will help you moving forward in terms of substance recovery, okay? Yes. Okay. So, so... when I got to heaven and wash God's feet and just... Well, let me know. tell you this. Let me tell you this. You have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You will be with him in eternity. Without a doubt. You're going to be with the Lord in eternity. But he wants to get you ready right now. He wants to start having that relationship with you right now and 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 that's your privilege to be able to to do that and to enjoy that as well and and the lord is going to work in your life he's going to work in your life as long as you yep as long as you let him he's gonna he he wants to work uh in your life so i am so excited for you i'm so happy for you and uh hold on do me a favor and just hold on uh our folks uh uh in the studio are going to be able to um to do some research and help you and get you connected with some some local resources, church resources in your area, that people that can can continue uh, encouraging you, okay? Okay, thank you very much. You betcha. I also want to say this. Feel free to call this program anytime. So okay. if you, you know... We're going, to, we're going to connect you with some people in your area, but you're already connected with us as well, okay? okay. So, so you can call, to put the number in your phone, and just save it in your contacts, uh, 303-690-3000. Just put that in your contacts. And if you need encouragement, if you need prayer, if you have a question, if you need help with something, you call that number. You call us. And, and, and we'll be able to be here uh, and you know on this station, and we'll be able to take your call and, and answer your question and, and do our best to help you, okay? Thank you very much. You bet you. God bless you, Caroline. Take care. We'll be praying for you. Let's go to, let's see, we've got Michael in Denver. Michael, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. How are you? You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm blessed. Thank you for asking. Praise um, the Lord. What's on, what's on your mind? Just a question that came up with uh, talking with my wife last night. You know, I want to start tithing my paycheck, my 10% to the church. Sure. And she... Suggest, hey, what if 
we take that gift to somebody in need. So, you know, I came with a, a dilemma of does it still need to be God's 10% first to the church, or uh, can it be to in lieu of, you know, somebody who is right. in need, or, yeah. you know, what it's thought to be God first, then the next person? Sure. Let me give you some principles on, on, on giving, on tithing, and, um, you know, then you can kind of use those prayerfully to, to guide you to what the Lord is telling you to do. So in the New Testament, there, there isn't a requirement for members of the church. Some people are surprised by this. There is no New Testament requirement for tithing. Tithing is really an Old Testament concept. It's really an, uh, a concept as part of God's covenant with Israel. Um, in the New Testament, Christ affirms the tithe for the Jews, but, but really we see in the church there isn't a, 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 a mandatory percentage. So for some people it may be 1%. Some people are in such bad place they can't, you know, difficult place financially they can't give anything. And some guy's going to be able to give 99% of his, you know, or 100% of what he makes, uh, you know, to, to the church because, you know, the Lord has blessed him. So, so there isn't really a, a – it, it says – the scripture teaches us that each person uh, is to give uh, as God purposes or as they purpose uh, in their heart. And Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about that in Corinthians, that, that we're to give, um, you know, as, as we purpose in our hearts. And we're to give cheerfully, we're to give with joy, not as a, a begrudging obligation. Now, having said that, 10% is a good place to start. You know, it, it's it's kind of a good it, it, it's a good number, and it may work very well for some people over the course uh, of their life. But a lot of times, you might start out with ten, and then you find fifteen percent, twenty percent, whatever. You find it increasing. So that said, what I typically encourage people to do is is their local church is support their local church first with with ten percent. Just say. I'm going to set aside 10% to the Lord first, and I'm going to give it through my local church. But then you may decide you want to give over and above 10%, or God blesses you, and you, you find you have additional resources available. And you might say, you know, now I want to directly sponsor a missionary, or I want to keep some cash on hand so that when I keep see people in need, uh, I can buy them a meal, um, or I can buy them a jacket. Or I can I can help them with something that they need. I think that that's perfectly acceptable. But always when we're giving, here's here's my con, my consideration. I look at giving as a spiritual investment, and so I want to give to those places, those entities, those people where I'm going to get the greatest spiritual return on my investment. I'm gonna I want to lay up my treasure, in other words, in heaven. I want a, an account with great with with, with great returns uh, in heaven. And so I'm looking to those ministries, those churches, those missionaries, those resources where I'm going to get the, get the greatest return. And the people that I typically trust most are those organizations that, you know, that I can see where, uh, to a large degree, where how what I'm giving is being used. There's, there's accountability. There's, you know, I, I, uh, I understand where they're at spiritually and how they're prayerfully making their choices. And so first and foremost, that's usually through the church. So, so I probably wouldn't take 10%. I, and and just you know give it to a person uh, of my income and give it to a person on the street because I I just don't know that that person is going to be using it for other than their their personal needs which on a smaller scale is is fine to do but I don't want that to be the sum total of my of my giving or through a person that may not necessarily even be saved do you follow what I'm saying so yes, I do. so considering those things 
my personal approach, and, and you need to pray and do what the Lord tells you to do, my personal approach would be, I'm going to give 10% to my church first, and I'm going to set that aside. And if I find, and, and I think that if you do that, you're going to find that, that God is, you know, God is looking for open conduits and, and faithful vessels. And as he finds those conduits, he, he tends to entrust them with more, and then you can take some of that extra increase and then use it in other ways. You may find, like I said, a missionary that you want to sponsor. You may find a, an alternatives pregnancy center that, that you want to support, or you may want to also keep part of that as cash on hand, you know, when you see somebody uh, so that you can buy them a meal or you can help them out. Okay. Nope. It, and I think that there's, ab yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that. Um, you just have to be wise in how you do it because oftentimes, a lot of times when you give, give money to certain people in certain situations, it doesn't always get used wisely. So just be, be cautious how you do that, you know, but, but if sometimes, you know, I, I, see people and I just, you know, I have five bucks in my pocket and they need five bucks, I'm going to give it to them, you know, and, and I'll let the Lord work it out, you know, gotcha. so, so, so you're, if you're going to err, err on the side of generosity, okay, <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> okay, my friend, hey, God That's bless good. you, God bless you, Michael, I hope that that helps you a little bit, it does, thank you very much, you bet, God bless you, ha have a good afternoon. Hey, we've got time for uh, maybe one or two more calls, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Ken in Baltimore. Ken, welcome to the program. Hi. Hey, how are, how are you? you? Good. Welcome. I'm, I have a question about Romans 9, uh, verses 30 through 32. Uh, what I'm getting, I'm maybe a little confused in trying to understand what Paul has written here, but it looks to me like he's saying that Jewish people are only saved through works and legalism, and I guess I get that, understand that from the guys that only wear the white shirts and maybe the dark black yeah, right. outfits, right? <laughs> um, yeah, right. Uh, uh, heaven forbid they wear a blue shirt one day, maybe they'd be ostracized. But Right. And and then that that Christians are saved through faith. Yeah. And so, I, go ahead. I'd like to hear your opinion on it or, or what the proper thought is on those verses. Yeah, so so in Romans, you said Romans 9.30, right? And through the end right, of the chapter. 30 through 32, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So where Paul is talking about the Gentiles uh, who don't pursue righteousness, you know, he says, what what should we say about that? That, you know, they've attained righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. He says, but Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. So here's here's what he's talking about in that passage. He's, he, he's contrasting, uh, he's really talking about Israel's unbelief and 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 lack of faith, but, but dependence upon the law uh, versus you know, the average Gentile who's not coming at it from any kind of legal uh, perspective or uh, mosaic uh, law perspective, who just comes and believes in Christ and, and is saved. He's saying they're saved, but, but these guys are actually chasing righteousness and not finding it because they're not pursuing it by faith. What we understand from the scriptures about the salvation of Jews and Gentiles is, is, that, is, is that all were saved. And the period of the law only covers, uh, you know, about uh, uh, the period encompassed by the law only covers a period uh, of about 1,500 years of human history. 
And so here we are, you know, we've got over 6,000 years uh, of human history or close to 6,000 years of human history. And, and it's always all been about by faith. So for that 1,500 years, what do we do with the law? Well, Paul also says in Romans that the purpose of the law was to serve as a, as a tutor, as a, as a schoolmaster to, to bring Jews to Christ. And so the, the purpose of the law was never to save. The purpose of the law was, was to, uh, one, help Israel temporarily deal with their sin in anticipation of the Messiah and to thus maintain their covenant relationship with God during that time being and to show them that they needed, uh, in fact, couldn't be saved by their own works, but needed a savior. But the problem was, is the more that they went on in their in the beginning, they had that understanding. Moses spoke of a prophet who would come, whom they would hear. He spoke of the Messiah. Uh, Jacob uh, spoke of the Messiah uh, before the law. Abraham, they, they were all looking forward. Job uh, was looking forward to his Redeemer. They were all looking forward to the Messiah. But somewhere along the way, they lost sight of the Messiah. And with myopic you know, uh, uh, intensity began to hone in uh, on the law as a means of their salvation. Man has always been saved by faith. If you look at the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, you see that, that all the Old Testament saints, regardless of, uh, of whether or not they were under the law, were saved by grace through faith, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. The only difference was their position relative to the cross. The Old Testament saints were looking forward to the cross. The disciples in the Gospels were looking to the cross. We are looking back upon the cross, uh, after the cross. But all of us throughout human history, by faith, are saved the same way, looking to the cross of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense to you? Sarah, thank you very much for clearing that up for me. Yeah, you bet. And and it's important to remember that 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 understanding different that there are different times and that God is doing different things, but it never changes God's plan of salvation. Always you, you know, always keep that keep that in mind. But I really appreciate your question, Ken, and God bless you there in Baltimore. Thank you. Same to you. You bet you have a good evening. Folks, it's been uh, a pleasure. We're kind of winding down here uh, on Calvary Live. we got the weekend coming up, though. I'm sure you're all excited about that, and Calvary Live is going to be back uh, on Monday. So do me a favor, just as I mentioned to Caroline and others earlier, just put this in your phone, 303-690-3000. That's the number that you can call Monday through Friday here at this time on this station if you want to uh, call Calvary Live. And, of course, we appreciate you always listening. I'm Jason Vanderveer pastor of Calvary Chapel Parker. Come on out and join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Parker. You can get directions and service times at calvarychapelparker.com. And uh, once again, it's been a pleasure. Pray that God will richly bless you and keep you and continue to work in your lives. Good night and God bless. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.